right. Moonshine Jesus, nobody sky. Moonshine Jesus, baby, no right. Moonshine Jesus, a surprise and delight. Moonshine Jesus, won't you shine a Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Moonshine Jesus Show. I'm Caleb, and I'm here with my good buddy, Mark. How are you doing today, Mark? Howdy, howdy, Caleb. I'm doing great. I'm excited about this. I'm excited, too, because today we are talking about the new Disney Plus streaming series and the growing uh, Star Wars universe, and it is Obi-Wan Kenobi. And uh, we've been waiting a while to see this, so this is fun. But before we get into that, I want to let you all know that today's podcast is brought to you by ProgressiveChristianity.org, a wonderful resource for uh, all your progressive uh, Christian questions and needs. Hope that you will stop by progressivechristianity.org and check that out. Hope you'll also follow us on social media at the Moonshine Jesus Show if you are not already. So, uh, Mark, Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi, what a yes. what a fun show. And I bet you have got a fun themed drink to go along I, with it. I do. I will first uh-huh. say um, if, uh, if, if you're coming to listen to a podcast that doesn't have spoilers, just let me say this is not the podcast you're looking for. Uh, there will be spoilers. <laughs> I, I give my Jedi mind trick. I love and, it. Yeah. Uh, In this case is you're not listening the podcast later. you're looking for. So, yes. yeah, exactly. That's yes. what was going on there. Uh, yeah. So, uh, like, since I said this is not a spoiler free, mm-hmm. the first two episodes, part of it is around basically a trap that is set for Kenobi. So, I'm going with uh, a theme drink. That is based on the first time that that iconic phrase was said. It's a trap from Admiral Admiral Akbar. I'm having Admiral Akbar's Sazerac. Uh, It is uh, one and a quarter ounces of rye whiskey, half an ounce of absinthe, three splashes of Peychaud's bitters, a cube of sugar, some water, and if you want garnish, but um, I'm I'm going to I'm going to drink it without the garnish. So. I'm going with the it's a trap theme. How about you? I know that you're always trying to come up with something interesting here. I'm always trying, you know. Uh, And so (laughs) I have got today. I've got Obi-Wan's lightsaber. And I, I like had a this. handle a on tall, it, but it can. Oh, did you? Yeah, it's a tall flute here, so it kind of yeah, looks like nice. a lightsaber if you can't see it. it does. I had a handle, like a, a stainless steel handle, on the thing, and I nice. was coming up to do the podcast, and it fell off. My whole drink fell apart, so oh, no. I just got just got the just got the two. That's the like it, it, it's it's a beautiful uh, lightsaber shade of blue. I love it. It uh, is, yeah, just yeah, just absolutely. So, so uh, to make this beautiful shade of blue, yeah, I had to use uh, blue raspberry Kool Aid. And yeah. blue Corsau, all the blue stuff I could find, and vodka. So and vodka. That's hey, what I've got. Not yeah. a bad way to go. Cheers, sir. Here's to a good show. Mm, pretty nice. How is it? Mm. Pretty, mm. pretty nice. Good. Good. Just Cheers to all of you okay. out there. Catch you after <laughs> Absolutely. The all right. Well, we're going to uh, hit the drop and come back and geek out a little bit about this show. Cool. Jesus. Jesus, 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 
thank you for being here with us on the Moonshine Jesus Show. This is our Geek Out segment. I do want to say we will, next segment, we're going to be getting to some theological, political kind of perspectives on what's going on here. So hang with us through that while we geek out through this segment. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi, the new entry into the ever, as you said, growing uh, lineup of Disney's Star Wars offerings. Uh, and if, if you remember at the end of Revenge of the Sith, the movie, um, in that film, Palpatine had issued Order 66, which is basically a mm -hmm. Jedi genocide order that uh, has all of the clone troops and Sith killing every Jedi that they can find, including kids that are force sensitive or, or the younglings, uh, which we actually see in the opening scene. We'll talk some about that. Mm -hmm. And because of that, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi secretly ends up delivering two potentially force sensitive twin babies, Anakin and Padme, Padme's kids, uh, Leia and Luke. And he delivers them to two separate families. He hides uh, Leia with an important family on Alderaan, and he hides Luke with the family on, on uh, the planet Tatooine, where he also stays kind of keeping watch over him. But in this show, at least so far, he gets called on a mission to rescue Leia, who's been kidnapped by the Galactic Empire's Jedi hunting inquisitors. Uh, <laughs> but it all ends up being a plot uh, to, to get Kenobi to come out of hiding. Mm -hmm. So, And, and mm -hmm. I love it. They did something I didn't know that you could do. Um, th mm. There's this four-minute recap at the beginning of it yeah. that actually made the prequel trilogy look pretty cool. Uh, I didn't <laughs> know you could do that. Uh, <laughs> who knew it was possible? Didn't you have? No one had no idea. No one who saw him. No, no one who no saw one him knew it was possible. But it was really engaging and well done. I was like, wow, whoever, whoever edited yeah. that intro, that recap, really needed to be the person they had working on the original. Uh, but anyway... Uh, I, I do want to say, though, there's this interesting thing that happens right after that that is sort of a statement on the world we live in today. Mm. And, and there's this added, last minute, basically, added warning uh, that yeah. uh, to, before the, you see the first scene, particularly understanding the uh, events that have happened out in Texas and the, and the mass mm -hmm. shooting at the um, school, um, they say, you know, this is a, the, kind of a trigger warning for you that, that, that this opening scene could uh remind you of that and could be difficult and and, and i'm glad they did that but it's it's yeah. um it's a really sad statement of where we are and maybe we can talk a little bit about that when we get the theopolitical yeah. section of this but i i really loved where they went with this movie mm -hmm. uh i there mm -hmm. were so many great little moments for star wars fans uh mm -hmm. did what was your initial uh, uh feelings and response as you were watching I loved it. And uh, I appreciated uh, the recap, as you said. I uh, It had been probably a year or two since I'd gone back and watched all the Star Wars movies. And so it was, uh, I, I've been keeping up with the Disney Plus shows, but it was kind of a, a fun um a, a fun way to to remember all of those things that happened but yeah it was it was cool to see ewan mcgregor back as obi-wan kenobi and uh um I, I think that you know fans had been wanting this for quite a while and so one of the cool things that uh that I think online streaming has allowed us to do is to delve deeper into this world that, you know, we only got to experience in chunks at a time in, in movies. And so I, I thought this was a lot of fun to, to really delve in a little bit deeper, especially yeah. as we uh, looked at, you know, the Mandalorian and Boba Fett and all of this, but it, it's cool yeah. to have a central character like, like Obi-Wan Kenobi back and, and to see him, you know, struggle with whether he's going to use the force or not. Uh, was, was yeah, a I lot think, of fun. 
Yeah, I think we need to talk a little mm-hmm. more about that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Although I did find it interesting, you know, I, I there was some really nice, uh, I'm not going to call it Jedi mind tricks, but at least some sleight of hand <laughs> in, in, the, in the way they produced all of this and, and advertised mm-hmm. it to us because we felt like we were going to be getting a show about Kenobi looking over Skywalker. And the reality uh-huh. is we've got Kenobi looking over Leia with Leia mm-hmm. being the, the, the key young person in it. Mm-hmm. But I, I also think uh, that that Reva, the the mm-hmm. uh, Inquisitor, uh, yeah. really had more screen time than he did, and so it feels like she's as major of, of a player in this as, as he was. I think so too, and there's some interesting stuff going on there with her, and I think that'll be interesting to talk about in the next segment too, as we we talk yeah. about like what her class and all all of that Absolutely. and what all that means. And so, it, yeah. yeah, she was she was very interesting. Uh, and yeah. uh, so the Inquisitors, you know, are introduced to us as the uh, Jedi, for maybe former Jedi's. Many of them are former so, Jedi's who yep. have come to the to the dark side of the Force, and she clearly has a connection with the Force because she's able to to use that in the midst of trying to get uh, mm-hmm. Obi Wan to come out. And, well, and so we, that was we get, yeah, we get teased a little early. Like the the mm-hmm. opening scene, the reason we get the warning is because it is the 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 scene where Order sixty six is is. Uh, crashing down on the Jedi Academy. Mm-hmm. And we have, we're yeah. introduced very briefly to these five younglings who are studying. One of them, I think was her. Mm. There, there is I didn't a, know. Uh, hey, I didn't th- catch yeah. that. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a young uh, black girl in it. Whose hair seems very similar. And the casting is such that it'd be easy mm. to see her being the, the child version of, uh, of, uh, of Moses Ingram who, who plays Reba. Uh, so mm. I, I think there's some interesting things that we can geek out and explore on that a little bit. But before we go too far down that yeah. rabbit hole, let's back up <laughs> to what we said uh-huh. we're going to be talking about a little bit uh-huh. about Obi-Wan Kenobi and what yeah. he's like on oh, this planet. Him. Yeah. It, it, yeah. You know, the guy who, who the series is named after. <laughs> oh yeah. Is he the main character <laughs> of this? That's what they uh, say. That's what they say. I okay. don't know. Okay. Um, yeah. But let's spend a little bit of time talking about him because his situation's yeah. interesting. And, and I think that there's this two sidedness to it that I'm going to be very interested to get your take on mm-hmm. because ultimately part of the question that I feel like this, um, this show is exploring at least so far yeah. is the question of, what happens if a mentor fails? Yeah. Because, I mean, that's kind of one of the things that's haunting him. Like, he mm-hmm. he was, he, he Anakin was, was, was yeah. his understudy, and he was trying to help, and ultimately he lost him, and it's been haunting him. We actually see flashback yeah. scenes where it's haunting him and everything. So you've got that, that he's haunted by his past, but you also have that he's supposed to be, because of Order 66 and because of protecting Luke, that he's supposed to be a deep undercover and kind of in hiding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what those two together end up, at least in my opinion, giving us is this almost barely recognizable Obi-Wan. Um, yeah. Withdrawn. And right. uh, yeah. And kind of just yeah. kind of in the shadows and, and unwilling to help in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In a situation. I think there's a, there's definitely this really interesting thing that there's some good, right. There's some really bad writing. <laughs> There's a few bad pieces of bad writing and a, a couple of bad casting, one bad casting anyway. Uh, but there's some great writing that goes on as well. Mm-hmm. So 
you you talk about him unwilling to do what he should do. We have mm-hmm. Nari, who is an, a, a, a another Jedi, but isn't as farly far adapted in his powers. Who the Inquisitors mm-hmm. kind of get uh, called out. He ultimately tracks down Obi Wan because he's on Tatooine too. And um, Nari, when he see, sees him, he he asks Obi Wan, and he was Ben at that point. I'm a, I'm Ben. Yeah. Uh, he even changed yeah. his accent to try to not sound right. like Obi Wan. I'm Ben. <laughs> uh, but Nari says, "What happened to you?" Yeah, um, which is really yeah. interesting, I think, because yeah. I, here's how my my mm-hmm. English major mind Don't works. Me. Yeah, when the Grand Inquisitor first um, started hunting Nari, mm-hmm. the Grand Inquisitor, who is, loves making these big speeches, says uh-huh. the key to hunting a Jedi is patience. Jedi cannot help what they mm-hmm. are. Their compassion leaves a trail. The Jedi code is like an itch; they cannot help it. But right. then we. He's saying that in the presence of Nari. Then Nari uh-huh. immediately within the storyline turns around and asks Ben what happened to you because everything the Grand Inquisitor said does not seem to be true about Obi-Wan. About that Obi-Wan. Point. That, they, yeah. that he, he is escaping that itch yeah. or he's not responding. So my question to you. Yeah. Is he really that depressed and haunted by his past? Or is he playing so well into his deep undercover hiding that he really does have that itch and he's mm-hmm. managing because of he realizes the stakes to to, yeah. to get past all of that and he's just playing like he's clearly depressed and he's clearly haunted. Mm-hmm. But is, is it that he's more playing into his role of deep undercover or do you think it's more that he's really just that haunted and has become not really Jedi? I think he's haunted, man. I I uh, I'd love to to believe he's like like undercover, but I think you know this this kind of is one of the things that happens. You know, he's like letting his like past mistake and failure like um, scare him into inaction, and I think that happens mm. a lot. I think we see that a lot. We see uh, folks get caught up in something that's happened in the past so much so that it scares them into inaction. Uh, at, at all and in in a way even um forces people to be different than they than they've been in the past and so i think that's yeah. one of the things maybe that this uh that this is exploring is like what happens whenever there is some kind of a tragedy or when there whenever there is some kind of a trauma in our lives and are we able to get past that are we able mm-hmm. to uh be who we once were or not and uh i i think that's i i think that's what's happening he doesn't seem to even want to be a jedi even though he's kind of talking but, but at uh, the same time he, at the, you th- at the same time, you think you think he's got the inclination. I, I don't know. I, I don't know that yeah. it has to okay. be either or. But at the same time, yeah. I'm just saying yeah. he is deep undercover. And if he yeah. is, if he practices being a Jedi, he's likely to call attention to him, and the Inquisitors are likely to track him down. I, I don't know the answer. I, I think there's this yeah. weird balance that I can't quite put my finger on. Is it more yeah. of his being haunted and depressed, or is it more? that he really realizes that he has to go so deep undercover that he can't be who he was or is it both? Because I do think the writers having the grand inquisitor say that speech about it's, it's an itch that they can't resist was meant to make us start being curious about the fact that Ben has resisted it in one way or another, or, 
you know, like you yeah. said, maybe maybe it's a it's a commentary on depression and how it can make us something that we're not really, or push us to places that that, that deny who our true selves are. Um, you know, you know, another interesting place, Mark, where that happens is whenever he's actually in the process of rescuing Leia, and she wants mm-hmm. him to use the Force to demonstrate who he is, and he's he's like, no, it's going to bring too much attention to myself, yeah. right? And so um, the it's it's not until uh, he's forced to use right. the force. The force. <laughs> that, uh-huh. Well played, sir. Here's cheer, uh, cheers to that. Uh, I'll take a drink you. on that one. Yeah. Um, uh, that that he finally does it, and, and it's like he has a moment of of which is uh, I I don't know what your favorite moment of the two episodes we've seen so far are, but that was my favorite moment. You know, if I had been in the theater, I would have been, been like, clapping. Yeah! the force he's using the force um yeah but uh like a moment where he sees his former self and like you're like okay this is the this is the moment where he pivots to to being more who he was uh right um, so and and i can see that but i also think like for me leading up to that scene he has this uh a couple a couple of hand fights fist fights where he is clearly out of practice in fighting. Like he is, he's not, he's he's not very Jedi. Like, like he even gets cut on the horns of one of the, and you can see him Uh like grabbing at his hand. Uh huh. And for me, that's a guy who, yeah, he could have been haunted and everything, but he also was clearly not doing his Jedi training and keeping up. I mean, we see that throughout Mm -hmm. all these Jedi um, uh, shows and movies of the Jedi's are constantly training, no matter how good they are, they're always training. He clearly right. stepped away yeah. from it. And for me, that part of that was the undercover. Uh, but mm. you mentioned favorite moments. You know what my favorite moment yeah. was? I, 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 I want to know. Yeah. I loved, I loved when it was, they go to Corsica and you realize that they're dressing this little girl and you're like, Oh, uh-huh. oh it's, it's Leia. <laughs> We're getting Leia, <laughs> right, 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 right. And then, and then, mom comes in to pick up Leia and puts her hood down, and it's not Leia. Yeah. You see and the hand, the you see hand the white, the, right? The hand yeah. that's not the color of Leia's hand, and that right. then the the hat goes back, and, and you realize it's not her. And she says, "What? What was it?" She says something like, "She says that you would find this funny, or that you would be entertained by this, or something." And then we uh-huh. quick cut to Leia running through the wood, or mom. Mom says, "Uh." Uh, she's either in, in in the in the what the, the cellar, the kitchen, or in the woods. Or the and then woods. we quick cut to yeah. the woods, and now she's out there running. <laughs> out in the For woods. me, that was like perfect. I I I love. I've heard some negative things. I love the casting of Leia here. Uh, when yeah. oh god, it was so Leia of this this young actress when she and Ben are are in the s- streets as they're trying to rescue, and he's like, "Okay, our cover story is we're farmers from this place, and uh, you're my daughter." And under her breast, she goes, "Granddaughter, maybe." And he goes, "What was that?" <laughs> right. she goes, oh, nothing. Oh, nothing. 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 <laughs> <laughs> was, I was like, she had, she understands Leia. It was so beautiful. I absolutely, absolutely yeah. love that. Uh, but I do have a question. Come out. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have a question about all of that though. Mm-hmm. So if, if he if he is at least in part undercover, like uh-huh. or, or, mm-hmm. or or hiding, yeah. uh, and then he's having to go rescue Leia, which he sort of had to be talked into. Right. Two questions: Why hasn't he changed his look, and why mm-hmm. the hell did he put on his Jedi robes to go find her? 
See, Mark, I, I, I think you're, I think you're saying that maybe it is kind of depression, and it is this, this, uh, this uh, previous experience because he, he makes absolutely no effort to change himself, and so I was thinking that too as he's going into the city. I'm like. Uh, he's not very inconspicuous. No. <laughs> he, looks, he looks exactly he's the same. He's got his hood. Yeah, and he's got his hood up. I'm like, that guy looks like a Jedi. I mean, you can't <laughs> see his lightsaber, but uh, but you, you can would tell immediately he's a go. Jedi. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that's a Jedi going uh, there. Uh, yeah. There, so I had I, two other before we wrap this segment yeah. up. There, I had two other <laughs> okay. favorite moments. I had two okay. other favorite moments. I you imagine they're part of, of yours. Yeah. I did. Uh, I thought they did a lot of great uh, work at, at, at reaching out to the, to the fans, particularly of the original trilogy. Uh, and this was one of the scenes. Obi-Wan scrimping by, working as a, some kind of sushi butcher thing, mm-hmm. barely has money, has to steal meat to, to, to feed his, his pack right. animal. Right. Saves enough money to buy a toy for Luke, which I thought uh-huh. was just heartwarming. And the mm-hmm. toy... Is the T sixteen Skyhopper that we see yeah. Luke playing with in A New Hope? My heart uh, melted. Just was like, yeah. oh my god, yeah. that's so beautiful. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Yep. And then, and then uh, Uncle Owen returns that. He doesn't let Luke get it. And mm-hmm. and this was a not heartwarming, but one of those moments that just got me was mm-hmm. when. Ben tries to say he should have this and because I'm going to end up needing to train him. And Owen says, like he trained his father, which was just yeah. like dagger yeah. to the chest. Ah, dagger. Just, oh. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was painful. <laughs> it really was. It really was. And, and sad. And, but I think it points to how, how well thought out this is. I mean, the, mm-hmm. it was originally going to be a movie that, get, that ended up yeah. getting changed into this, this short six series, uh, but I'm 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 just loving it so far. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, loving I'm it. with you. I'm with you. It's good. I agree. Good. I think I think primarily good casting and uh, and good writing too. I'm with you, Mark. Absolutely. I think it's good. Absolutely. I tell you what, we could keep going on and on, geeking out more and more. Mm-hmm. But uh, as much as it might entertain us, I don't know how much it would entertain everybody else. So let's let's hit a drop real quick and come back uh, to our next segment. Let's do it. <laughs> Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. Today we are talking about the new Star Wars series on Disney Plus, Obi-Wan Kenobi, where we get to follow Obi-Wan Kenobi and others uh, as they uh, are in this ever-expanding Star Wars universe. And one of the things that I love about Star Wars uh, in all of its forms is its commentary on life through uh, politics. And uh, it's a series that is pretty theological too i mean yeah. i don't think you can talk about the light side and the dark side of the force without without being a little or, bit theological or um, a, a, a savior who was born to a, a mother who uh, had no, oh, uh, hmm. yeah there's some theological now, there, stuff there, going there, on there might it, have it, intentionally been 
some in oh, Star Wars. Yeah. I, I, they okay, may have you sold that. you sold me. I'm, I'm in with you. <laughs> okay, you're you think maybe there's some maybe there's some stuff here, and I think there's you, a, a lot to unpack. Even in the even if we focus primarily on the two episodes of Obi Wan Kenobi, that that we see a lot of theopolitical stuff going on here, and so one of mm. my favorite lines uh, in in the show, I think that also. Uh, exemplifies what we were just talking about before the break, and that's uh, the that the actress who plays Leah is, you know, kind of understanding who she is, and uh, that mm -hmm. they're doing a good job of developing her. Is mm -hmm. that she's talking with her dad, and she says, "I don't want to be a senator," and he says, "That's probably why you'll be one of the best." Um, brilliant, a, line. A, a great line, right? And so, and also, what um, great parenting. I mean, honestly. what great parenting, what great mm. parenting. Mm. Um, so maybe if some of our senators had <laughs> <laughs> some of that upbringing, maybe like don't uh, do whatever is necessary to hold on to power. We don't now we don't have any people in leadership right now who are doing that. Do we who are just like uh, saying whatever they need to do? Let, to, me, think, to, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. I have to get back to that. <laughs> We haven't seen any of that, like, in Texas over the past week or so mm. uh, through any leadership, have we, Mark? Yeah, well, maybe a little mm. bit. Maybe a little. Okay, and, so and, and, I, and I'm yeah. laughing, but it's no laughing matter, ultimately, because, because yeah. the things that happened this past week uh, in yeah. Texas has yeah. a lot to do with the, the the false bravado of the leadership that 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 they're trying mm -hmm. to do what's best for a nation when really all they're trying to do is what's best for their pockets and the pockets of, of their their um, uh, of the of GOP the, ultimately and the and the gun lobby you know and the, oh, absolutely right. and yeah. and so I, I was having this conversation this morning that that it seems like there are folks who are uh, perfectly content with doing uh, whatever saying whatever they have to say. Mm. Just to appease the NRA. So, like one, one. I think the lieutenant governor in Texas had said that uh, God is using tragedies like this to bring communities together. And uh, my wife said, "It's like, how can anyone believe that?" I'm like, I don't think they really believe that. I think they're just saying whatever they can say to line their pockets further and to stay in power. Oh, absolutely! Like uh, online, a comment that just popped up from Linda Parker said. You know, yeah. they, they go as far as saying things like doors, not guns are the fault. And, and it depends on which one you talk to, whether it's the locked doors that's the problem or the unlocked doors. That's the, and it's like you said, it is it is like we'll say anything, even yeah. what I would call using God's name in vain, like mm -hmm. putting words into God yeah. and expectations and actions mm -hmm. of God that would not fit uh, the biblical understanding uh, of right? the, as far as what Jesus taught us um, of God. Trying to use that for self gain is mm -hmm. definitely using God's name in vain, and it Absolutely. is horrible, inexcusable moral behavior to say the sacrifice of those 19 kids is mm -hmm. fine because it's going to pull our community together. What the hell? Yeah, you're right. If you want to, yeah, if you want to talk about using God's name in vain, you're absolutely right. That that just uh, using religion to justify uh, politically abhorrent, morally abhorrent stances is definitely using God's name in vain. And so I I think that uh, uh, that 
it's interesting that both of the new shows that were released this week, um, this one and uh, Stranger Things, Stranger which Things, I think, yeah, yeah uh, that that both had to have content warnings because of the the way that they had portrayed mm-hmm. children, mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, kind of getting massacred at the be- at the yeah. beginning, and uh, the fact that that is a part of our pop culture and also so up is I think reflective of the part that it has become so, so much a part of our society. And, you know, I don't know how you felt, Mark, but uh, I, when I found out the news last week about, about these students, I, I almost, I wasn't like shocked at all. I, I wish I was shocked, but I wasn't because, you know, uh, since, since Columbine, we, we counted. um, And I know I I counted as well. 169, 169 students. Tell me. Oh, students. I'm just talking about incidents. There's been 379 or 71 or 72, something like that. More than 307. Since Columbine, there's been 370 school shootings that have happened. And we've done nothing. 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 And and I think 169 students. Yeah. And nothing. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, and we've yeah. done nothing about it, and we know some of the yeah. things that work. I mean, we know yeah. uh, what 1994, Bill Clinton puts a ban on mm-hmm. assault weapons. Assault. We immediately yeah. see like a 49 percent or 47 percent drop in uh, the in, in school shootings and, and deaths that way. Uh, yeah. In 2002, um, the GOP, I'm suspecting the ones whose pockets are lined by the NRA, uh, allow oh. that ban to uh, it's go the GOP. away. <laughs> well, you know, maybe, uh, but they allow that ban to to go away rather than re-upping it, and um, yeah. we have like a, a an increase of I think two hundred and and seventy nine percent of deaths from um, assault rifles. So we know some of the things that can be done that will make this better, right? Yeah, just not it's really. Just... It's just doing them, right? And so I think both parties are guilty of this because even uh, last week as we we hear um, talk about, oh, well, we've got to stand up to the gun lobby. Well, that's nice to say, but we've been saying that uh, for, uh, you know, 20 some odd years and especially for the last decade after Sandy Hook. Like, well, let's stand up to the gun lobby. Yep. OK, well, it's one thing to say it. It's one thing to actually do it and and to work on legislation that's actually like an assault rifle ban or uh, a waiting period or background checks things that you know most people can agree upon you know no matter where well you stand and, and most like, most americans want it like it that most americans we, want it you're right yeah you're right uh, yeah, you can agree we upon know it. that you 80, want it. it's just the courage to do it yeah yeah it's just the political willpower to do the right mm-hmm. thing rather than to do what's going to protect their um ability to get elected or their ability to raise enough funds to get elected. Um, it's, it's actually heartbreaking, uh, that we've arrived at this point that, that the, the will of the people actually is Mm -hmm. demanding ultimately as much as a will of the people can demand that we make sensible changes to gun Mm -hmm. laws. Mm -hmm. Uh, the ones that we know work that we've seen work in America and we've seen work in other places as well. Um, but we just don't do it. And and yeah. and we as a society yeah. don't stand up for our voices. We don't uh, mm-hmm. uh, make sure that we're heard, and we don't make the demands that are going to have to be made. Because if the gun lobby ca- is going to provide them money, and if the, yeah. saying what they want to say gets them reelected, they will keep doing it over and over again until our voices are louder than those voices and put at risk their ability to be reelected. 
Yeah, and I think this has to do a, a lot with, you know, are we willing to really hold, like, our legislators accountable, or if they don't do anything, are we going to vote them the hell out of office? You know, are, are we going to, are we going to sign petitions? So I think this is also um, kind of a commentary on, uh, on Empire, and I, I think that's yeah. one of the things that I think is really interesting about Star Wars, is that, mm. you know, they literally use the phrase, the Empire. The Empire, and I yeah. do, And I just, I don't think we can get out of this segment without saying, too, that that is the, the thing that Jesus was standing up to, right, was... Right. Empire, the Roman right. Empire. He's crucified by the Roman Empire, <laughs> and so yeah. I don't think we can escape the the themes of of uh, the light side of the force, the dark side of the force, and empire. Uh, mm -hmm. But without getting out of the segment, so, no, I completely agree. Mark? No, I completely agree. I mean, I I, yeah. I, I think it's it, it is it, it's not surprising the number of themes in Star Wars that have uh, not just Christian but spiritual overtones because mm -hmm. uh, being born into a version is not just a Christian thing. There are other religions that believe that. Right, but it's clear that those themes were picked for a lot of purposes, including being able to set us up for making commentary on empire, um, which also many religions speak out against these, the abuse of power, particularly politically, mm -hmm. but also spiritually, those who use their spiritual places of, of position to, to, mm -hmm. um, control other folks and to abuse other yep. folks. So, I mean, I, 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 this is, this is not something that you and I are reading into it. This was built into this story. For Absolutely. It was 100%. Yeah. And it's part of what makes star Wars so beautiful. It's just this wonderful commentary on, on, on the, the, the difficulties of life and the challenges mm -hmm. of those who become obsessed with power, which let's face it, the gun lobby and those who mm -hmm. bow down to them essentially are, are obsessed with power. And as long as, as doing 100%. it allows them to keep it, they're going to, they're just going to. And they've built their own empire, the, you yeah. know, the gun empire, and they've manipulated people into thinking that, uh, that it's what's best for them, even though it benefits them primarily. So I, I, I think we also see themes of empire empire in this series so far already an exploitation of workers in terms of social class and station mm -hmm. and uh, i think in a lot of ways we see a commentary on why empire is evil and so i think yeah. there's a lot to unpack but you know mark to do it we're gonna have to do another uh, another uh podcast uh episode it, on star wars <laughs> you know there is I, so it, much. Might, it, it might be fun to come back after kenobi wraps up and do a mm -hmm. wrap up uh, after oh, the full uh -huh. series has wrapped to go back and explore some of the questions we had in this episode and see where uh -huh. they go with them. Yeah, I, I love it. So um, uh, so we're going to have to do that uh, uh, later on, as you suggested, Mark, because uh, we're going on and we've still got another segment and uh, we've got to try to make each other look stupid. Mark. And uh, so it's our make our uh, make our co-host look stupid segment. Make me look stupid segment. So uh, yep. I hope you will stay tuned after the drop and uh, let's see if we can do it. I'm going to stump you. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
right. Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. And thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking with us to this final segment. This segment is called Make Me Look Stupid. And uh, All right. So, so uh, the idea here is to see if we can stump our co-host. Uh, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes we have good questions. Sometimes we don't. Uh <laughs> I've got three different questions, so I'm going to start. That, that's, the, that's that's the. I'm not going to ask. I'm not going. I'm going to let you uh, pick. ask them all three right in a row. Yeah, okay. uh, I'm going to let you pick. I'm going to let you pick. Like ask the the host. You're going to ask me three, and no, and no, I'm gonna, no. Okay. You're going to pick one, two, or three, and I'm going <laughs> to ask you the question that comes with it. These are not. Wow. I, I don't always. I don't always work really hard to make you look stupid i mean i enjoy working really hard to make you look stupid but i don't always do it these are possibly answerable questions so one okay. two or three caleb three three okay that, that was actually the number i was hoping you were going to pick all right here it is <laughs> okay. all right so how does reva know who vader is because she reveals that she knows, and, and up to this point, very, 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 almost no one outside of about four people know who Vader is, and going forward in uh, in the canon, it remains that way. No one really knows that Anakin became Vader. There's a, it, it does increase the number of people, but very few. So how is it that at particularly this early crucial point, Reva knows who Vader is? Yeah, so I, I I'm just going to lean back and, and have a drink while you uh, while you try to get your way through. <laughs> well, this. well, I stumble my way through this, uh, especially <laughs> since I was sitting there kind of wondering the same thing as uh, mm. <laughs> as I and then it's got this you know flash to to Vader and I I wondered myself and so. I don't know. Is she, so she comes from this like uh, lower social location and she's trying to make her way up through the Inquisitors and she uh, clearly has Jedi training. I liked your thought, Mark, that maybe she was one of the um, one of the early Jedi that were in there. I wondered if maybe he somehow took her on as an apprentice as he's turning into into Lord Vader and uh, he's he's trained mm -hmm. her somehow and so she's got a connection that we're going to find out about throughout the series and uh i i, I think maybe she's a, an apprentice of lord vader do you have do you have an answer i think i think that's a i think that is a pretty good answer and it certainly could be one that she sort of worships vader and uh -huh. Vader now hates Kenobi, so it makes sense that he passes that on to his Padawan and that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Uh, Ellen Green says it's an easier answer than that. Ultimately, she knows because she's a woman. Yeah, she just knows. <laughs> she just Which knows. Is, she's got that's that, pretty she fair. Got intuition. That's, she knows. That's pretty fair. Yeah. I can't remember who there was an admiral who also kind of figured it out through intuition and just noticing things who also mm -hmm. figured it out. So it certainly could be that I like your answer quite a bit. I, I, I was playing with the idea of if she is one of those kids that we see at the Jedi mm -hmm. Academy, that something happens because there's this great uh, one shot tracking thing that, that brings us through this, but we ultimately leave those kids un with no defense and cut away from what happened. Yeah. I I'm wondering if we're not going to see come back to that. Mm -hmm. 
and see what really happens. And that maybe a couple of things, this Mm -hmm. playing with your timeline or your idea, maybe uh, Anakin is there and spares her life. That she's the one that he spares because he senses something, um, or there's some something that happens that makes it sound like that uh, Obi Wan was supposed to be there to help them and, and he wasn't, and so mm-hmm. she has this anger about it. Because I've also got to say, she, outside of Leia, I she comes off as the 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 wisest character so far. Mm. Mm-hmm. And she she doesn't. Uh, uh, there's this great uh, uh, cameo by uh, Kamal Nanjani uh, that's mm-hmm. in, in the show, and she ultimately sh- would have should have killed him, but she doesn't. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I wonder if she's going to turn before the show's over. I don't know. We'll uh, see. We'll, that, see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. I, I like so that. I, I, I like your answer. Yeah. I also like Ellen's answer. I, I don't know that 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 you know. Uh, particularly since she is force sensitive and we do see Leia early on having this sort of intuition from being force sensitive where she really just, she mm-hmm. has that really jerk of a cousin who's like, well, you're not really an organa. And she goes, Oh, well you're jealous. You're, you're scared of your father. And just sort of just starts laying <laughs> uh-huh. into him with some knowledge that she shouldn't have that I, I couldn't help. And I think most of us couldn't help though. How much force sensitivity is going on here. And so I could see her sharing this sort of force sensitivity uh, with Reva. Uh, yeah. And that would be a nice little parallel as well. So a matter of fact, it'd be really cool if they both have it and Reva ends up ultimately somehow saving Leia instead of using her as trap. I don't know. Mm. I, I, I think that's one of the coolest things about Star Wars too, is we get uh, such strong female uh, leads. And uh, I mean, it's always been, I mean, early on, you know, in the, in the seventies to see it, to see this is, was pretty yeah, cool. from, from, I, from, Le- from Leia's first line of, aren't you a little short to be a tr- stormtrooper? <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. So, so strong. And so, and e- even through the, you know, the uh, modern, the sequel trilogy uh, to see, mm-hmm. to see the mm-hmm. strong women characters, I think is, pretty cool okay so here's here's what i want to ask you mark Uh i'm worried okay so the prequels uh Uh weren't received super well uh you don't say (laughs) (laughs) me said jar jar beats and i mean you know the oh the love wasn't this the, in the second one wasn't that such fine acting uh between <laughs> uh, <laughs> between padme and that's uh, fair Anakin. yeah oh they both struggled oh so hard oh, I, I think they struggled for her they it was because of the writing for him it was just that he couldn't fi- ever find he that just character. couldn't act he, yeah. He could. Well, it was okay. He just couldn't find that yeah. character. That character was yeah, you're beyond. Him. The, you're, you're I'm not sure any. I'm not sure that anyone could have found that character. Frankly, I mean, come on. <laughs> well, <you're>... fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. And, but you're uh, right. But you're right. I, I I went down another ra- geeky rabbit hole. You're right. They were not well received, was, and there was pretty good not, reason. Not well received. Okay, but we've got in this in in this one, which is a little bit different than the uh, than the you know the Star Wars universe we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. That's streaming. Um, we've got a character from the prequels, uh, and uh, in many ways, carrying on the storyline of the pe- prequels. Do you okay. think that Obi Wan Kenobi can redeem? the prequels is there any possible way this series can redeem what happened in the prequels 
ultimately there is no way because and i'm going to quote ellen green who's watching online live right now who says jar jar is an abomination <laughs> and you're right Ellen. you're right like like no i mean you can't make you up can for jar jar they, they can redeem part of it for sure um but there's there were so many missteps and miscues in that storytelling yeah. of those first three there was some like I said, I, I don't think that uh, Anakin, I, that was almost an impossible role. So I, I, I love, I, I love that, that, um, that Hayden is, is Hayden Christian is playing Darth Vader again. So he's reprising that role. Yeah. He has a chance to maybe redeem that. It does seem like there's some better writing going on here. So maybe mm -hmm. they'll be able to do that. So and we it, might be able to redeem yeah. certain characters. Like yeah. I, I, I'm pretty hopeful about Anakin and and, and Hayden's acting because uh -huh. he's not a bad actor. It's just in that role was in, I don't know someone. We'll impossible. see. Right, we'll that's see. True. That's a great point. That's a great point. <laughs> All I, he's had to do so far is stare at the camera and look menacing. Uh, while we're doing our review at Don't the give end him a of love the scene. Yeah. I might have to eat my words once we do the review <laughs> at the end of the series, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. He couldn't. Uh. But that's anyway, when we'll see who who right. wins this segment. But ultimately. <laughs> yeah, okay. Jar Jar was such an abomination on, on the prequel trilogy. I don't know that that's ever redeemable. That, you know, we've had him show up once or twice in car in some of the, the animated series and stuff, mm -hmm. and it's never been a good thing. It's, it's never always, worked out. No, it's always he's, been. He's always an abomination. Yeah. 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 So, no, I, I don't think you can fully redeem it, but I don't know that is full redemption ever completely possible. Uh, may, maybe we're, we're looking at some partial redemption to, to this story. Well, you know what? I'll take any redemption we can get on those <laughs> prequels. You know, if there, there's any way to salvage any part of those. Uh, I completely agree. For it. So, <laughs> I'll take what I can get when it comes to redeeming those for sure. It, that's right. I'm hopeful too. And you're right. Well, it seems like you know, it's a little bit. I think this is a great idea. We're going to come back after the series okay. is wrapped. Uh, we okay. will come back. We'll we will revisit one. this. Mm -hmm. We'll look at our yeah. questions. Um, yeah. I, I've got a couple of questions that I'm waiting to see is, you know, is the Grand Inquisitor, Inquisitor really dead? Um, mm. what really is Reva's mm. deal with Obi-Wan? Why, yeah, what is it? Yeah, why is she obsessed? Though. Why is she so obsessed? I don't know. So it's going to yeah. be interesting. And it was she, yeah. was she the kid at the Jedi Academy? We, mm. I, there's a lot of questions that we can come back to and look at, but ultimately, <laughs> it's fun to live in the questions. And it's great to be here uh, doing that with you, Caleb, and, and uh, all you. of those who are sticking with us and listening to the show. You have made it through. 46 minutes of hey, us congratulations about a wonderful yes. show and it has so much potential thank you for being here with us and uh until the next moonshine jesus show cheers and we cheers hope to see you again yeah. next week moonshine jesus, the